1: Everybody, Steve Politti from NJ Advance Media, and welcome back, finally after a long hiatus, to the Rutgers rant. We actually have a name for it that we can use. That's very exciting development here <laughs> for all of us. I am joined, as always, by Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Guys, I've missed you a little bit, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Good, good, good to be back on the podcast.
0: Well, I want to start off by: Are we allowed two things? One, I, I'm assuming we're going to need to rant. Considering that's the name of the title. So I I guess we need to rant. Otherwise we're disappointing or not living up to the name. And two, are you guys even allowed to uh, criticize after your, I'll I'll call it a pathetic showing in the the Eric Legrand (laughs) tournament. Are you guys even allowed
1: to critique anyone else into this thing and you're already going there? I I figured you would, but I thought perhaps it would take longer (laughs) than that. And, but listen, just so you know, Cratch and I, we had did a lot of soul searching. We talked about where we went wrong and what we did wrong, and we both reached the conclusion that it's your fault. Yes, because it's where my the hell fault. were you? Yes. Where were you? We're there supporting Erica Graham, the greatest human being that on this planet, in his cornhole tournament, doing our best. Neither one of us very good. Here's a guy who's got a picture of himself playing cornhole, ready to tweet out the people on his phone. He's got a picture of himself playing cornhole, and he's not there, Cratch. He's a disgrace, right? We can agree. We both can vote for him uh, as a total disgrace.
2: Yeah, it's his fault.
1: (laughs) It's his fault, of course. And then we play, and I'm. Well, we'll move on, folks. We're not going to talk about this all 45 minutes here in the podcast. But we play this team in (laughs) recreational in the recreational division of Eric LeGrand's Cornwall tournament, and this woman, I mean, it was incredible. She was like 87 pounds. Her name's Allie. Every throw she made went in the hole. It was just an utter humiliation. It was, we lost like 21 to 6. I don't know how we got the six. Anyway, big, but it was a great day. Eric's a great day.
2: Eric is, Eric's the best.
1: (laughs) Sorry. So we've got some business here first. If you guys have not seen this yet, this is a a new feature we have at NJ Advanced Media called Project Text that we're unveiling this week. We're really excited about it. It's a way we can communicate with people. Uh, you know, via their cell phones, just have a conversation with the most diehard Rutgers fans and give a little information before, uh, the information's even out there. So, uh, I'm hoping that you guys, uh, you will subscribe to this Cratch. We have a special offer. Is that right?
2: We do. So if you have not yet subscribed, we have a special promo code. They'll give you 50% off your first wow. month. The promo code, very simple folks. Podcast. Wow. Capital That'd P, capital that. O, capital D, capital C, capital A, capital S, capital T. I, I spelled think podcast that, right, guys. That, correct. That,
1: that, that was helpful. I'm sure they, they couldn't figure it no, out. Want
2: to lay it yeah. out. So okay. you drop that promo code when you sign up. Go to NJ.com. I, I it's pinned to the top of my Twitter page. If you're looking for the link, gives you all the information. Great. Sign up, you'll get fifty percent off your first month. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We've had a great response so far. It's just, you know, the three of us. Todrick's also involved. Just, you know, three to five times, more like five times a day. Just, uh, you know, letting you know what's going on around Rutgers, some, some inside information, some some things we're seeing, some things yeah. we're hearing, all that all that good stuff. So just look. I'm not going to toot our horn too much here, but no one covers Rutgers athletics like. We do at NJ Advanced Media, NJ.com. And this is just another kind of a, a new, a new frontier we're, we're, we're investigating and investing in with this.
1: Absolutely. And it, again, and what part of it, and we're going to get to it later in the show, but we also want, uh, people who are part of Project Text to, uh, to give us questions for the podcast and topics for the podcast. And we've got three really good ones this week. So we're going to get to them later. Uh, but let's, stop, I mean, you know, this is it. First, first couple of days of camp we you know you guys have been out there i mean I, I think we should just start with the general you know what's the vibe? i mean we, what do you what are you seeing? what are you feeling? is it it's always optimism at the beginning of the new season, but after last season is it tempered i mean g- give me give me your sense guys what what's going on?
2: I think the team is optimistic, but I don't think anybody outside the hail center is right right that's what i would say i mean like look I, I don't think there's any football team in america that shows up to the first day of practice and it's like we're going to get our heads kicked in this year and people might get fired like no one says that obviously but outside the team like i, I just you know fans have very little expectations media has very little expectations <laughs> hell i would say people at Rutgers who aren't like intimately involved in the program you know, but obviously people, you know, who have a vested interest in Rutgers athletics, they don't think much is going to happen from this season. Um, right. it, it's just, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of buzz and we'll get to why I, one of the reasons why I don't think there's a lot of buzz in a second. It's been a hot topic for the fans on the message boards lately. Um, but just, no, it's just, I, I think, I think the team thinks they're going to surprise the world and the rest of the world is like, yeah, we'll see it. You know, no, that's not going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. It's funny because <laughs> it, I, I think because so much rides on the quarterback play as much as, you know, we go into every training camp and it just seems like it's a yearly, every every single season Rutgers has a quarterback competition. In a lot of ways, so much of their success, and I know you wrote about it on on the first day of, of, of training camp, uh, Steve, but so much of it rides on whether or not they're actually going to get some consistent play out, out of their quarterback position, which was clearly the, the worst passing attack in the country a year ago. Chris Ash has said ad nauseum at this point that uh, they don't really need a quarterback who's going to win games, but really basically they need a quarterback who's not going to lose games. And by that is, I mean, I guess he means um, don't throw the ball over to the other team as often as he did a year ago. Art Stokowski threw 18 interceptions, and you just can't have that. It's the reason why they brought in McLean-Carter. Um, Sikowski does appear from what we've seen from 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 practice. He's handled all the first team reps. No surprise. But at some point, um, and you know, I pressed Chris Ash uh, on it today. At some point, after everything's installed, the office is installed, we're going to see a true competition. And that's probably going to be about maybe two weeks into into camp. Whether or not McLean Carter, who is a you know, who Chris Ash said has something that you can't teach, and that's football savvy. Moxie and the ability to, to make plays out of nothing. Whether or not that can translate and can leapfrog McLean Carter to the starting job will be uh, time will tell. But for now, I think so much of it hinges on, on on quarterback.
1: Right. I mean, I get the strong sense that Art's going to be the starter, but I also there's no doubt in my mind that McLean Carter is going to play at some point. You know, the question is, I guess, when you look at the schedule, I mean, they've got those games early on. Yeah, you know, obviously you got to be UMass, or they're just going to burn the stadium down. But then next week, Iowa—it's it's a tough road game, but still, you know, it's not Ohio State level game, you know. And then uh, you know, the season rides on Boston College, so you've got to have your offense ready to go, you know, to win that or to win those early games, or we're headed for a disaster. I think the, you agree, right?
0: Yeah, the thing I'll say is—is is, you know, Art was the best quarterback. There's no reason. revisionist history for anyone to say. That, oh well, Art shouldn't have started last year from, from the get go. He was the best quarterback. Uh, Crouch and I were both around the team as much as anyone. Uh, he was the best quarterback in training camp. He was the best quarterback, you know, throughout fall practice. He was the best quarterback on the team. And yes, he was abysmal on game day. Um, and so <laughs> whether or not they, they can solve those three hours on Saturday is going to be the challenge for John McNulty and Chris Ash because I'm, Pretty convinced that Arcekowski is going to be the, uh, the best quarterback, at least based on arm talent, based on you know passing the eye test. You're going to have confidence, or you know John McNulty, I think, is going to have confidence coming out of training camp that Art is a guy. But what happens? Not just the UMass game, maybe not even the, the Iowa game, but Week Three when they play against against Boston College, what happens then? And I think that you know more more than anything is the reason why you bring in a guy like M- McLean Carter because if all else fails, and you need to break glass in case of emergency. You have a guy who has played, who has some experience, who has some football moxie, as Chris Ash said today. You have a guy who you could turn to. But I, I agree with you, Steve. I think it'll be Sakasie who, who who gets the starting nod, and I think McLean Carter, I think, has a very good chance to play at some point.
2: I, I will say this: I think the McLean Carter thing. Look, look, I get the only thing more, the only thing that. The only guy who's more popular with the Rutgers fan base than the backup quarterback is the backup quarterback who no one has ever seen. <laughs> so, but there was this perception that, like, basically, Ash and Mcnulty went out and like found McLean Carter to yeah. bump Art out of the spot. That's not true. I mean, like, I, I don't. My my reading from talking to people is that McLean Carter happened to be a, a guy whose name was in the transfer portal who called back.
1: Like
2: Rutgers knew. It it's crazy, isn't it? Rutgers knew. No, like like <laughs> Rutgers knew, going out of the spring, Rutgers knew that Johnny Langan, the waiver, they still didn't know the waiver was going to be denied, but they knew that was up in the air. And I think they also realized that, you know, Johnny Langan, I, I don't know if his future is at quarterback. They knew that they had Cole Snyder, who's a true freshman, who, you know, that's one of the other things that fans are calling for Cole Snyder. And, and I have to say, you saw last year, how tough it can be for a true freshman quarterback in the Big Ten who was a uh, high three, you know, four star recruit, depending on who you ask, who played at IMG with all these college players. Now you want to take a kid who has less physical tools and gifts from an even lower level of competition up near Buffalo and put him in the game? I mean, like, that's not going to work, guys. So they knew they, they, they knew they needed a veteran quarterback. I didn't do it. a lot of teams do. They just pull up the transfer portal, figured out who, what names were quarterbacks and, and they started making phone calls and they talked to, they reached out to a bunch of guys, but McLean Cardis was the fit. So I don't think they really know, knew a whole heck of a lot of about him until he got here. I don't think it's one of these things where like this is like, an, like a, like a done deal. Uh, I do think art's going to be the starter and I think that honestly it's in the best interest of McNulty and Ash for their futures here that art is the starter because two things. One, I think a BC game is the fork in the road for the season, for Chris Ash's tenure here. If you beat Boston College, you're probably maybe two and one. You figure you beat UMass, you lose to Iowa, you beat BC, you're two and one. There's gonna, that's your best win Ash will have had at Rutgers. It's a signature victory, which is what Pat Hobbs told, you know, me and Sarge when we were out in Chicago that he wants to see this program have this year. It's a signature win. The fans, there's a little bit of, you know, even though you're gonna lose to Michigan the next week, you're going to come home to play Maryland at 2-2. Two and two. There's going to be people in the stands. There's going to be hope. There's going to be optimism. You start to see a path to six wins. If you lose to BC, then, like, where's it going? It's, it's not going anywhere, but so you're going to be 1-3 because you're going to lose to Michigan. And then you've got that stretch, and you might not even be able to make up enough room in that kind of five-game, six-game soft stretch that comes after the, the Michigan game. So, And I also think if Rutgers starts McClain Carter and wins four games this year, what do they really accomplish?
1: Right. Well that's a great point.
2: He's It's yeah, a guy who I mean, they just yes. imported in from yes. Texas who's going to be on campus for like eight, you know, eight months. Yes. And uh, in the and same exact spot next same year. Same exact <laughs> spot next year. You know, yeah, you bring yeah, Evan Simon yeah. in, you know, you haven't developed anything. Now, if Chris Ash goes and wins four games with art, I think four is the is the is one of those magic numbers where there's gonna be a big time debate around the fan base and behind closed doors at Rutgers about what they're going to do. But if he wins four games with, with art, I think he's got a lot better leg to stand on. than he wins four games with McLean Carter.
1: And it wasn't just, to be clear, it wasn't just art's problem last year, but to make the step from a guy who threw 18 interceptions to improve, he's obviously going to get better than that. But still, it's hard to imagine him going from that to, you know, a situation where, okay, now he is a competent, you know, really a good college quarterback. Um, But, I mean, I guess that could be mitigated, Sarge, if, if they finally find someone who will be reliable to catch the ball. And I get the sense, at least, if you're looking for optimism, that you feel better about that than you would have this time last year. Is that, am I, am I mischaracterizing that, or do do you think that they, they will have receivers who are least competent this year?
0: 100% yes. And that's probably the, my biggest takeaway, which is from watching practice, um, I think they might have a couple of playmakers. I thought I got that sense coming out of spring camp. Uh, I'll tell you one guy, um, who, um, I think he's going to have a great year. Um, uh, he's going to break out is Davon Robinson. I um, mean, he looks to part. I uh, had a great spring camp. I think he's really picked up where he, where he left off. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, Isaiah Washington and, uh, Stanley King, those two guys, they look to the part. They, they do. We've been talking about it for a long time. Like where, are those guys like Kenny Britt and Mohamed Sanu and all these guys who Rutgers would seemingly produce every year? Mark Harrison and uh, and Brandon Coleman, all these guys who you know you just say, wow, that's an NFL player. Where have they been? You know, and right. and they yeah they just Chris Ash had, had trouble uh, landing any of them in the last couple of years, even though that even though there's been some who have come out of New Jersey, some recruits, wide receiver recruits, they haven't been able to get. Now I think they might have a couple and, you know, I, I think that might be my biggest takeaway coming out. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, Sikowski, you're right. Wasn't the whole, the whole problem. I've heard some stats that, you know, that they, they, they might have led the country in, in, in drop passes a year ago. Um, I think that was obviously a big issue. Um, I think that could be a big improvement this year.
1: All right. So we did this last year. We did this the year before, our true and false segment. Um, as always, guys, I'm going to give you a statement. We'll say just say true or false. We'll go to the next one. At the end, we'll come back and discuss them. All of these this time are going to have a theme. This is exciting, isn't it? First podcast, bloody has got a theme. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you know, last year in the fall, Pat Hobbs said two words that mattered more about Rutgers football than any other right now. Those words were significant improvement. So uh, that will determine uh, what happens to Chris Ash. So here we go. True or false? Quarterback play will be significantly improved in 2019.
2: True. Okay,
1: Sarge. True. The offensive line will be significantly improved for 2019.
2: False. False.
1: False. The re- the running game will be significantly improved.
2: False. False
1: Sorry, False. Uh the pass rush will be significantly improved.
2: I'm going to say true. We'll get to that. Okay.
1: All right. True. 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 Yep. Uh linebackers will be significantly improved.
2: True, true. Okay.
1: The secondary will be significantly improved.
0: False. False? True. I think Damon Hayes is going to be
1: another guy who's
0: going to emerge into uh, an NFL player by season 10.
1: Coaching will be significantly improved.
2: (laughs) Cratch? Uh, I'm going to say true. Okay, Sarge. True.
1: The stadium's name will be significantly improved <laughs> for 2019.
2: Oh boy! Uh.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry, Gratch?
2: False. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: no comment.
2: It was a great deal. It was a All great right. deal for Pat. Yeah, finally, I the it last that.
1: one. The last one. Four wins. Four wins is enough to show that this team has significantly improved. Keith Sargent, James Cratch, who wants to go first?
2: I'm going to say false. I don't think that four wins will be perceived as a confirmation of significant improvement when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, I'll say say false as well, kind of to echo that. I mean, the problem is they did that two years ago. And, uh, so we, we, it's been there, done that. Four wins, you
1: know. Well, let's start right there because that's, that is really what it's all going to come down to this year. And I, I agree with the two of you. And, and, and it's this, and this is what I come back to. Let's say it's four and the four are UMass and Liberty, which you kind of have to have, right? (laughs) And then you get, you get a Maryland and you get an Illinois. Can you, I mean, can you really at the end of this, can you feel good? Of, can you feel good about what happened? No, you know, you it's, it's, you just look at it and you're like, all right, now your, your program is 11 and 37. You, you, you still haven't beaten a team you weren't supposed to beat. I mean, you, you know, you, you still haven't sniffed the ball game. It's just hard yeah, to imagine. And,
0: and, and you're missing the, the great – I think they'd be riding a five game losing streak to end the season. If, if that scenario plays out, right? I mean, I think yeah. uh, then you would be talking about a winless November and you know, five-game losing streak to end the season. So, Good point. Yeah, Good no, point. absolutely. It's not a
1: successful year. Uh, so, all right, so going through the true or false, it seems like you guys are hopeful, though, that, you know, at least the defense uh, will be, quote-unquote, sign- significantly improved. I mean, go through this. Well, what makes you think – I'm surprised you both said true in the pass rush uh, just because there's concerns about the defensive line – uh, and I'm a little surprised that you know you, you 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 know you both said the same on the secondary because you're bringing a lot of guys back. I mean, what what's going to be different?
2: Uh, the reason why I said yes in the patch well, two things. One, I think Loomer and Turdov. One, Chris Ash has not had a tremendous amount of like development player developmental successes, but those guys are two of them. I think right. they're both going to have big years if they stay healthy, and, and both guys were dinged up last year. But I agree that there's major issues on the defensive line. Especially interior, you know, and, and, you know, Rucker's still waiting on Ron Johnson to show up. I mean, they, they still think he's going to, but I, I mean, until he gets in, I think they've got to kind of hold their breath. Right.
1: But you can't they, count on a guy like yeah. that now at this point. No, you just...
2: can't. But they have, a, they have, a, they have depth. I'm not saying we don't know if they have quality, but they <laughs> have depth mm-hmm. at the jack, at defensive end, jack defensive end, strong side linebacker. Naheem Anderson, T. One Mason, C.J. Aniachi, you know Loomer. We mentioned that they're very high on Robin Jutretten um, from Sweden, who came over Redshirt year. Jamry Chroma. They think they have guys on the edge, and I think that given the issues that the lack of depth and size they might have inside, we could see a situation. You know, Andy Boo called the defense a three-four defense after practice today, and I know that Chris Ash would say we're multiple. I could see them getting creative. Uh, I don't don't want to call it the NASCAR package, the giant giant Super Bowl teams used to have, but if they can get some of those pass-rushing guys, more of them on the field, give up a little bit of size up front, maybe deploy them creatively. Uh, I get the sense that Andy Boo was brought in once they – obviously they had to move from Jay Neiman because the defense last year for the first six games was an embarrassment, and just as bad as the offense. I think people kind of forget about it as the way the defense finished. I think Andy Boo has been tasked with, like, let's get creative. Let's find ways. You know, Ash said he's an aggressive guy. Like, generate pass rush, blitzes, packages, all that. I think that's why – I'm not saying the pass rush is going to be dominant, but – They've been like one of the nation's worst pass rushing teams like four straight years now. Yeah, There's not true. much, so I do think they'll have more production there, but I think it's going to come you down and they you know, get those guys on the edge to crash in.
1: If you go down to the smaller, the, the smaller front, I get that, that that's a, I, that's a part of Rutgers lore. That's what Shiano did. The problem is against the Big Ten, now you're going to get pushed around in the yeah. running game. Sarge, I mean, uh, you know, look at, look at from your standpoint, do you see the defense? Uh, as becoming a strength enough that it can mitigate the offensive problems. I mean, w- 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 what's, what's your takeaway on that? Yeah,
0: I agree with everything that Crash said. Um, I think, you know, I was impressed by Andy Boo in our, uh, in, in our interactions uh, following practice. I talked to a few players. They've all said that he's a really good teacher. Um, time will tell whether or not he, you know, he has the ability to play call defense. His track record has been okay. Hasn't been, you know, eye popping by any means. Um, but you know, I will, will give him a benefit of the doubt. Um I you know, obviously Jay Neiman's play calling, you know, I think he he had that responsibility taken away from him uh by season's end. Uh so that was indicative. Um I, and I do think depth is going to be, you know, a, a a big factor as well. If you remember a year ago at this time we were talking about, you know, the eight guys, you know, mostly from yep. from the secondary who who were not part of the program uh due to the legal issue. Um, you know, I think depth is going to be A major factor. Chris Ash also talked about during the summer that that NCA rule and that allowed um, freshmen to play in as many as four games at any point in the season. A handful of guys took advantage of that by playing in November. And I think I think that's going to be going to have a big uh, benefit. That experience, I think, depth, um, I think all will help this defense.
1: All right, so one more I want to address for the uh, per- personnel. You both said false to the offensive line. Is that entirely uh, the loss of Jackson, or is that just overall, you know, when you look at what this unit is, uh, what they're bringing back and the pieces they're putting together that give you concern?
0: Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, he was you know, almost like uh, a lot of fans uh, really did not think that Tariq Cole was any good. He was injured a lot last year, but he was a three-year starter in the Big Ten. To go yeah. to expect Raquan O'Neal, who has never started a game, um, to, to, all of a sudden come, come in and become yep. an all big 10, uh, you know, uh, left tackle protecting the blind side. I think is a little naive. I mean, I think he's going to have to get, get, get his feet wet, get some experience before you uh, have any faith in him. Uh, I think the strength of the, uh, the offensive line. Um, you know, hasn't even played yet. Uh, we haven't seen at least, uh, you know, I, I guess he's been sidelined early in training camp and that's Mike Mayetti at center. Um, you know, beyond that, I just, you know, I know there's a new offensive line coach and Chris Ash has talked about some of the techniques that they're going to, that, that they've implemented that maybe will, will help, but it was a really r- big weakness a year ago and it was a big reason why. You know, for, for the struggles for, for the quarterback. They were, uh, you know, John McNulty has, has pretty much came out and said that, that was the reason why, uh, you only got a glimpse of his game plan, you know, uh, you know, on, on most weeks a year ago that they were handcuffed by the inability of, of the offensive line to give the quarterback any protection. Uh, do I have faith that it's improved? I don't, not yet. Right. Right. And everything revolves I mean, around that for, for me, yeah. it,
2: it comes down to the personnel. You know, the line was bad last year. You've taken Jonah Jackson, who a guy who I Rutgers fans have, have downplayed him, but he was your best offensive lineman. He was a team captain. And I've talked to people who have told me they think there's a good chance that he's gonna get drafted, you know, in the second or third round of the NFL next year. That's where it's after a season at Ohio State. You lost Tariq Cole, who again he was injured. You know, he, he was a three year starter. Now you're putting in Raekwon O'Neal, who has played four games in his career, and I think basically he was on like the extra point team before he redshirted last year. So you got a new left tackle, you know, Kamal Seymour is a guy who's been up and down his entire career. You know, Zach Fineski is a great story. So is Nick Crimin. These are guys who have played in the past, but we don't know what they look like over a 12 game season. Right. We've seen right. him kind of in, you know, Myedi is, you know, it's amazing. Mike Maetti went from a guy who they were, it seemed like they were trying to like, he was out of the starting lineup in spring practice in 2018. He's gone from being Odd man out to start the spring of 2018 to the best offensive lineman they have, which is something I don't think a lot of people expected. And then, you know, we got a question on on Project Text. There's this narrative that is formed that like, it was all AJ Blazik's fault. And now that Pete Rosamondo is here, like the seven blocks of granite are going to be reincarnated in the (laughs) Scataway. I don't buy that. Like, clearly, Ash, I mean, look, AJ went to North Dakota State. He left on his own volition. You know, truth lies somewhere in the middle. There are people say AJ left on his own. There are people say Ash wanted to want him. Whatever happened, you know, okay. But again, I just don't see the personnel there, one. Two, you can make an argument that Mike Mayetti and I'm working on something on like this, is the biggest developmental success that Chris Ash has had of any of his recruits at Rutgers so far. Well, A.J. Blazek had to develop the guy. I don't think the guy yes. just got better overnight, okay? A.J. got Vineski from the fifth team into the starting lineup, okay? You know, A.J.'s worth with Seymour is worth it. I mean, so I think the idea that A.J. did nothing here is a little bit over the top. And I know that, you know, that's a narrative that, you know, some of the, the – that some of the, the, the some corners of the Rutgers fan base want to push. I mean, we'll, we'll see after the BC game. Uh, we'll see because they're going to have to block a lot of big boys this year in Big Ten play.
1: Yes, they are. Yes, but, yes, what they I come
2: back to is they were talking up the offensive line during spring ball. And granted, they did get some injuries in spring practice on the line, and those injuries kind of happened in a time where we weren't see, watching a whole lot of practice. But what I saw from the line during the spring. I was not impressed. I did not see improvement. So, I think that unit's going to struggle again. And I just—it doesn't matter who the coach is. I mean, I, there's only so much you can do. You can be a great coach, but if you don't have the hogs up front, you're in trouble. And I just right now, I don't know if Rutgers has that.
1: Yep. All right. So uh, one one last point, and I and I don't I did not want to belabor this, but I did ask the question about the name, true or false? S H I Stadium. I uh, look guys, I'm <laughs> like, I, I didn't write a column about it showing some rare restraint for, for me. Um, it's just, it's a tough name and I, I understand all of the, all of the things about, all right, they need the money. They can't turn down cash. It's a bottom line business. It's Rutgers. They've been bleeding, hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money in the athletic department. Uh, I, I just, I, I just, I just can't believe that someone didn't tap Pat Hobbs on the shoulder and say, do you realize you're putting the first three letters of, of a poopology on the side of your stadium? I'm just, you know, what you're sorry, you know, you're closer to this than I am. Yeah. Was there a, was there a second deal? Was there a way to avoid this? Was there, or am I wrong? Which is no,
0: no, there, there wasn't a second deal. I mean, Pat Hobbs, you know, is a smart guy. He's a smart negotiator. Um, and I do know of a certain bank that was involved, at least in Iraq. Um, uh naming rights, which I, I, I think at some point this fall, uh that has a chance to get closed as well. Pat Hobbs initially wanted to bundle the two, both the rack and the stadium. And, you know, at one point he had a grand vision of maybe an airline. You know, we've talked about this before in the podcast where, you know, airplanes fly over, uh you know, the football stadium and the basketball
1: arena all the time. And, you know, maybe you can uh, you know, package it. Really that wasn't happening. Really The bank, the bank wasn't the bank wasn't Prudential of Omaha, was it? (laughs) It was not. (laughs) You get it. I got it. (laughs) See what I did there? I do. Sorry, I do. Move on. Uh, Move on.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I mean, just it's so. I mean, you you've been covering Rutgers for a long time. I've been covering Rutgers for. Well, these deals just don't happen. You know. I mean, he doubled. The bottom line is he doubled the 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 deal that he got that Timpernetti got less than a decade ago. Those deals don't, yeah. don't don't just happen. If you if you look uh, you know around the country, you know where where, where that four uh, four million dollar deal to start, and then it goes up to one eight point eight by the end. Where that ranks, that uh, you know it is comparable to to what a lot of like Illinois and and, and Purdue's and those types of schools have gotten for naming rights deals. So, yeah. again, the one thing I'll uh, I'll say about the company. And I've done a lot of research on them is, you know, they've been around since 1989. And I get that, you know, sports is different. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with social media and you're dealing with, you know, just a perception, you know, in a lot of ways, but they've been able to survive since 1989 and they're a, you know, a billion dollar company, you know, so somehow, some way in the world of, of IT and tech, they've been able to survive with that name, with those initials. So. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 think it again, you know, they, they might not have the, the, uh, you know, cratch and I were, 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 have been around Rutgers all week. Highpoint, uh, is still on the, the stadium. It's still on there. I was going to say it's August 6th. I mean, yeah, August
2: 24 days. By August
0: 30th, by August 30th, it's going to be on the field. It's going to be on the stadium and a whole new uh, set of, uh, Rutgers fans will see it on TV and, and, you know, and the joke will come all uh, come again, but. Again, I just I think it's naive for, for people to think that uh, the better deal was out there.
1: I I just wish that they, they, I don't know. I, I, I just come back to it that that they, that they handled the rollout better or do something to the lesson because and it's not you know I mean I've talked to a bunch of Rutgers fans who are also like I can't believe this you know so there's a level of there's there's a level out there. Just no, I, I do just agree that like,
2: I, I I mentioned to someone at Rutgers you know the perfect thing I would have thought was okay we know this is coming. Uh, Get the CEO, get Pat, do a fun video, put it on Twitter, like poke fun at yourself. It was honestly, like, I, I'm of the opinion that, like, people made their jokes on Twitter and they've forgotten about it. And Sarge is right, they'll probably make it a little bit more when they have the UMass game, but then it's over with. You know, I, I think if you do something like that, like you poke fun at yourself, make a little Twitter video, people laugh at, you kind of neutralize it and you kill it before it even starts.
0: But I mean, right. Politi, you you had a good point too, and I'll just finish the point with this: is you know a lot of it stems from Rutgers being one and eleven. I mean, let's just be honest. Of If it's sure. Alabama, you know, no 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 one cares. Alabama just going to say, you know what? You know, fine, make fun of our, our stadium name. We're going to come out and and and, and uh, roll you th- this week. Rutgers, right? You know, part of it, you know, the whole poop emoji that you, that you bring up stems from the perception that Rutgers has been really really bad, and. You know, I think, you know, a part of it stems from Rutgers having to, to, you know, outplay and, uh, you know, prove, pe- prove people wrong on the field.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's a big, that is, that, that is absolutely the case. If, it, if the team were better, maybe we wouldn't be laughing about it, but I suspect we would still be. All right. So the, uh, so get, let's get to the part, uh, that I was excited about the questions from Project Text. So we put it out there, uh, before the podcast. It's uh, the cool part about this thing, guys. And if you, if you still don't understand it, well, how is this different from Twitter? Okay, well, this is, you know, a, a personalized service where we're interacting with you back and forth. And, you know, we try to give you a little update, things that you might, we might not put out there in a, in a post, things that we, you know, or more, more uh, you know, insider information, quote unquote, and then you can ask questions. So uh, I put it out there to see what people had on their minds. And there were some really good questions. And this, this one to me, uh, is, it, it, is kind of fascinating. I'll, I'll, I'll read it off entirely to you. The much has been written about about the many players in the wide receiver receiver unit who have been waiting to, 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 for us to see emerge. you get the sense that the newer McDon- Mcnulty recruited wide receivers will overtake the upperclassmen recruited by past offensive coordinators? Not so much because they may be Mcnulty's guys, but rather because they are just better players. And that's sort of an interesting point. You would think that you'd want some of these guys who have been in the program a few years, you know, to show themselves as juniors and seniors. Do you do you agree that we, we might be at the point now where we're gonna and that's just gonna be tossed aside and we're gonna see we're gonna see freshmen?
0: I'll say yes if 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 you you count Davon Robinson as a McNulty recruit. He was a freshman a year ago. I'm not quite sure about the timeline. Um yeah, right. uh, you know, yeah, I'm assuming he was recruited before he even arrived, but McNulty certainly gets a lot of the credit for developing him. I'll say yes because I think again, uh, you know, I I talked about Washington, I talked about King, both of them looked apart. The Um, we, I think we, you know, after a couple of years, um, I have guys, uh, you know, turned it on late in their careers for sure. But I think we kind of know what Mojabi, Bo Melton, Shamin Jones, um, I think we know what they are. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying that they, that that they don't have some football ahead of them. I'm just saying that I think there's some intrigue by guys, you know, who who I just mentioned, Washington King, Davon Robinson, they look the part of these guys like Mark Harrison, Brandon Coleman, uh, Kenny Britt, all these guys who, you know, you, you, you you know, they just passed the eye test. So I think McNulty
1: is going to be intrigued by, by, by his new toys. Right. Um, Kratz, you agree with that? Any any guys in there you would add that you think we're going to see, we're going to see come out of this? I mean, guys who are left over who are going to finally emerge, you know?
2: I, from what, I mean, it's early, but from what we've seen from camp, the limited glimpses we've got of first team offense, like I do think that they, are gonna give Shameen Jones and Bo Melton as many chances as, as they can to kind of produce. I, I think they, they do like those guys. Uh, Mo yeah. Jabby's an interesting guy. I mean, he just he's always in the mix because he blocks well. I think he runs good routes. Um, I think he's a guy who they're always gonna have a use for in their offense. And even today, Ash mentioned Everett Wormley, who's a guy who really hasn't done a whole lot lately. Um, but I do think, I mean. Steve, you were there at first practice. When, 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 when Stanley King, it was like, whoa, yeah, like.
1: It really was. It was and, like, and, you wow, know.
2: like, okay, like this guy looks like a player. And Davon Robinson, yes. um, I, I still, am, I don't really think that Rutgers ever explained why they wasted an entire season having him play tight end to suddenly go, oh, this guy's a wide receiver. I mean, you, you. Should have been pretty obvious at the time that they should have put him in a wide receiver to start, but that's neither here nor there.
0: i tell you um, what, by the end of the summer, I might have, I might be, uh, hyping him for, for, for Heisman.
2: I mean, I, I you know, I, I really think <laughs> No, I mean, you know, and another guy too, Paul Woods is a guy who's fallen under the radar. I think Paul Woods is a guy who's very smooth. He's been in the weight room for a year. I think they think he could do something. I still go back to, you know, last summer, I kept on hearing everyone loved Jalen Jordan, and... Yeah. They tried, you know, it was, I didn't guess, like Buffalo and they put him in a game. And he, he ran right down the field. It overthrew him and that was it. Like they ran him for a play. Uh, they redshirted him. I think he's a guy who still might have some physical development to go through, but they do have some guys. And I think most importantly, they've got. Bigger, taller guys. Remember last year, they didn't really have any big wide receivers. There's all guys who are around, you know, six foot one to five foot ten. Uh, they've got those kind of tall skyscraper guys now that you can go throw the ball down the field, which is what McNulty wants to do. So I don't think they're going to completely write off guys like Bo Melton and Shamine Jones, but I do think at some point, if those guys don't start to develop as juniors, you're going to see them pull them back and go with these younger guys.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Good answers to that one. Uh, another question we talked about a little bit, uh, the uh, Cratch, about the offensive line coach and, and what significance uh, in that change. I think we've addressed that one. We can move on to the next one, which was uh, uh, other than winning games once the season starts, what could the program be doing right now to generate more buzz? Not even the diehards are buzzing. And that's, you know, that's going to be another not so small factor in this guys. And I, you know, if we're talking about, if we're talking about four and eight and they're in, they're in a room to decide what to do with Chris Ash. And there are games when there's 15,000 people in that building and donations are down and season tickets we know are going to be down. I have to imagine that all of this is going to factor in. I mean, is there anything that can be done aside from winning? I'm not, I'm not sure there really is. I mean, that's just you know, aside from getting a new leadership and getting a new coach who comes in here, rah rah rah, and everybody's like, "All right, this is the guy." I don't know how you generate buzz unless unless you're you're, you're winning games.
2: Well, I I will say this, and it's I don't want this to come off as like self-serving, but there's a lot of fans that are upset about the lack of the kind of access. Media access, you know, fan access that they're providing during training camp. Yeah. And I know there's some people say it doesn't really matter. It's all about winning. But the way I look at it is if you have a group like off off of 1 and 11, if you have people that want to come watch you practice, you should find a way to let them watch practice. I I
0: mean, here's what I'll say Chris Ash has adopted so much from Ohio State and it's been, you know, his practice uh, schedule, I think. Is pretty much on par with uh, you know what it's been for the last four years, but mm-hmm. Illinois has their first fourteen or fifteen practices open, open to yeah. the fans, not just to the media. Open, is that right? You know, to the NFL fans camps, too? Wow. Have, you know, obviously yeah. are you know the first you know, <coughs> two weeks uh, two and a half weeks are open to the fans. The NFL NFL coaches are as as uncomfortable right. with, with anything getting out as anyone, and they open stuff up you know the yep. fact is you know Saturdays practice will be open yes this isn't just a media thing you know where we're we're complaining we're we're actually you know you know trying to work more to actually go to practice more so that we can bring insight in and in cover more and write more stories you know we're not you know looking to stay home on, on on a monday wednesday and friday you know those are three days where practice is not open scrimmages are not open we're trying to give our, our readers as much insight into the program as, as possible. And Cratch is right. I mean, you know, th- there have been um, years, and, you know, to go back to the Shiano era where Shiano was as much of a control freak as anyone who I've ever met. And, he, you know, his uh, philosophy was open, o- open practice. I know it's a different age. And if you look around the Big Ten, college football in general, most, you know, schools don't have completely open uh, practices. Some – um, I think yeah. Rutgers probably falls on on on, on the worst end uh, of uh, practice right. access when it comes to the media. And I do. I think you're right. What, you know, season tickets are going to be a major, major issue. Uh, the more we write, the more it creates buzz. Um, you know, there are probably people you know inside Rutgers who might not believe that. I can give you the the, the data and the analytics to, to prove that. And uh-huh. you know, right now, I think that's the the reason in, in a nutshell
2: that the, the lack of buzz
0: is 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 tied to the practice access.
2: And I'll say this too. I understand like Chris Ash is a football coach. Football coaches they want a bunker mentality. I mean, if it was up to them like we would we wouldn't exist, you know, or like we'd show up on game day. But I don't even like fault him. I mean, this is an athletic department thing. You know, this is Pat Hobbs. Like Pat Hobbs should go to him and say, "Look, we got to open this up." Because we're talking about like the, you know, the beat writers, beat reporters, the columnists like we're the conduit between the fan base and the program, obviously, but at the same time, too. Like, if you have fans, I know the oh, we open the season, ticket holders. Oh, we do this. Like, that's not good enough. like, not every practice. Like, if you're going to scrimmage on a Saturday, I for the life of me, I've never understood why. Um, when I was in college. South Carolina would always have their scrimmages open for the most part to the public on right. Saturday, but these were like, I want to bring the freshmen into a big stadium and have a bunch of people here and see how they do. Yeah. You know, Side so yeah. like, if you want to close or restrict the access to the practice, because I know it's the, the it you know trying to jam people in the Bataglia, there might be you know liability issues. People standing on the sideline, fine. But every time they have a scrimmage on a Saturday or even the summer on a Friday it should be in the stadium. It should be open to the fans just because it lets fans see it and get excited, you know? And like, at the end of the day, like, it's just, it's college football. Like, it's not that serious. And I think you have a major issue with the lack of buzz. And I, you know,
1: Right, and, I just, and you know why you covered the NFL, correct? You know why those training camps camps are open. They're open because if a guy can get close to the action and see Saquon Barkley correct. on August 10th, he feel he's more inclined to go see him on October yes. 13th and pay yes. and pay a hundred dollars for the ticket. That's the reason. Correct. Uh, and that, that's a big that's a big missed opportunity. And you know the other thing that comes I, I think about, and not the pile on, but you know we are in the hundred and fiftieth season oh, of that's everything football, too. Like, and they blew it. They've completely—they have not used that to the level that they could have to really, you know, like drum up support to play a game there to
2: get interest behind I don't. Someone. I don't understand. Like, they, they did a couple weeks ago. Like, we're going to have this event at Rutgers in 150th anniversary, and it's like, okay, so what are you doing? It's like we'll tell you later. Like, <laughs> and like that's not just Rutgers. That's yeah. also like the CFB One hundred and fifty people. and I think BTN's involved and ESPN. Like, but it's like. It's like, right. look, guys, you, you guys, I, if it's something like – and, like, I wrote this. My understanding is they want to sort of, like, bring back, like, legendary figures, prominent figures of the past. Like, I understand if you can't release a roster because you're still trying to lock people in. You don't want to publicize someone who's not going to end up whatever. But, like, at least, like, tell people like, this is what we're doing. You know, yeah. I, I just think that Rutgers, it, it ha- for, every, for all the jokes, for all the losses, it has a very intense – Group of fans might not be the biggest fan base in the world, but it has a group of fans. And I don't know if they're being served as well as they could. And to get back to what Sartre said, I understand this is what they might do at Ohio State. This ain't Ohio State.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. All right. One last question from, and this is a good thing about the project text function as well, that if you sign up for it, you can, but you can break our balls directly to our phones. And here's, here's a, and te- I think I know who it is. I think I know who sent this one because I know at least one subscriber. And it is, were there any injuries to our favorite sports writers to report following the Cornhole tournament? And what changes can we expect in the off-season to avoid another early exit? And very simply, I I replied to this by saying that next year we're going to do what Rutgers probably should have started doing a long time ago. We're going to cheat. We're going (laughs) to bring weighted (laughs) – Weighted beanbags, we're gonna, we're gonna drill a bigger hole on, on the other side. I'm not sure these things, these things would have helped us against the Michael Jordan of, 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 corn, of cornhole that we pre-ran up against. Uh, but still, I think that that's gotta, cratch, I think that's gotta be it. We, if, especially yeah. if Sarge is not gonna, is gonna, you know, talk a big game and not show up again. We,
2: we, we are going to subterfuge, um, all that. Well, grease the, grease the boards or,
1: Breeze the boards. I like that we Will be both throw up the same board though? I don't know. How, we'll figure something out. We'll figure All that. right, fellas, we have forty-five minutes. We got over a little bit. Anything else? What else you got to say before we we sign off for the I, day?
2: I'll here? say th-
0: I'll, I'll say this: We have a new name, obviously a new brand. We have a lot th- uh, uh, to be excited about. You know, certainly throughout training camp, we have you know some some stories. We'll be there, you know, every day that there you know that there's access. Um, I think you know, and I want to speak for Cratch. I know Politi takes off basically from. Uh, December until August. you know, I, you know, last <laughs> I check, I don't think he worked during that uh, whole time frame. Great. But Cratch and I Love certainly uh, are are going to make every effort to uh to make this a year round thing. You know, and and uh, you know talk about you know basketball during the winter, and you know there, football obviously is year round. There's always stuff going on with football recruiting. You know, we'll, we'll bring on Todrick Hunt every once in a while. And I think you know with the new brand, new name, um, you know all the new uh new buzz. I think we're going to try to make this a year round thing.
2: Yeah. one last thing so I don't forget again remember if you want to sign up for Rutgers Sports Insider we'd love to have you promo code podcast 50% off the first month it's a lot of fun great response so far thank you to everyone who has signed up and for those who are on the fence take advantage of the promo code and see what it's all about
1: great alright guys good show today uh, signing off as always Steve Poulin Keith Sergeant, James Cratch thanks for listening we'll be back soon I'm sure with the season fast approaching goodbye